Great to see you all here today and, and begin this Christmas season. Who, who loves Christmas? Yeah, a, lot, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of people out there loving Christmas. Uh, you know, one of the things as a family we enjoy doing, of course, is, is watching some movies during Christmas time. Any favorite Christmas movies out there that uh, you shout them out that you enjoy during this season? Elf, the Santa Claus, Home Alone. Christmas Carol, White Christmas, Genie, Genie. I've not heard of that one, White, the, the Grinch, The Chosen is really good, yeah, that's about the life of Jesus, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Rain, is that the claymation one with the bumble, yeah, that's definitely a favorite and for sure, absolutely, the Christmas story, man, you guys are alive now, we just, well, it's a, what, holy cow, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna keep, okay, we're gonna, whoo! All right, slow the roll, people. Here we go. Man, you open these people up and they keep coming. That's fantastic. You know, what, what do we love about these Christmas movies? They're, 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 there's this warmth, right? Almost all of the Christmas movies have this, this story, this, 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 this going through a dark time, and then this, you hit this climax of this breakthrough of hope, right? And, 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 and this warm ending, and we love that, right? We love that sense of inspiration, hope that comes from these, uh, these movies. You know, Hallmark really bets on you wanting to watch these stories of hope and inspiration. I, and I'm not a fan of Hallmark. I'm just going to put my cards on the table. I will bash Hallmark movies any day, all day long. I apologize. <laughs> But we come to them, we, we, we enjoy these stories, though, because, of, because they bring a message of hope, right? An inspiration. And it's not empty. Oftentimes, we look to, we think of inspiration and hope as just being something shallow. But hope is powerful, not because of the warm fuzzies and the good vibes we get from it, but because there's something true at the heart of it. What we believe at the heart of the things that give us hope, that warm warm our hearts, that's what matters. What we believe matters. As we come to this Christmas season, and my heart was convicted, and just as I praying over our congregation months before, Lord, where, what do we need? What do we need to hear? How do we need to grow? What do you want to speak to us? And, and, and he moved in my heart that we need to know the source of hope, the source of inspiration, the, the, the meat and potatoes upon which we base what we believe. And so my heart was turned towards this common creed that we have shared through through many, many years, called the Apostles' Creed. And walking through the Apostles' Creed, this statement of foundational truths in faith, of our faith, that are, what are at the heart of, the, 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 the kernel of what gives us hope. What we believe matters. This last couple of weeks here have been heavy for me. I've had several heavy funerals of unexpected deaths. And there have been other significant and unexpected deaths even in our, in our community in addition. 
They remind us these moments, heavy and profound moments, these remind us that what we believe about where we came from, our origins, what we believe about where we're going, and is there life after death, what we believe about our human condition, these things are so significant. And they shape and frame and direct. How do we navigate the realities, the harsh realities, the dark realities of death and loss and suffering and disease? This is significant. What we believe matters. If, if we're just spontaneously came into existence without any meaningful origin or meaningful maker, then what we do ultimately is based on survival. We've developed the the phrase YOLO, you only live once. Get the most and the best and whatever you can get right now. Live for yourself. That's the extension of that belief. If we have spontaneous origins and have really no meaning, then we've got to make the meaning ourselves. We have to be strong to stand in the face of the void and darkness. And those who are fittest survive. <clears throat> or are we just, are we as human beings, are we good in and of ourselves? And if we're just given enough therapy and the right conditions and enough time, we're actually going to turn out really good. We look around our world and I think we see a little bit of a dumpster fire. And things haven't got better over the last 2,000 years. What we believe about our human condition matters. Are we really just good and just need some time? We just need some therapy. We just need some education. Or, or, or does, is, there any, is there truth? Is there anything absolutely true? Is there anything that we can stand on and, and truly believe? Or is it just, everything's just, really, it's, it's whatever you believe is true. Everything's just subjective. We really can't know anything. So therefore, what is true is whatever is true to you. However you live doesn't really matter. It's whatever brings you pleasure and joy. In fact, Whatever you feel is true. What we believe matters. Ideas have consequences. Did God become a human and come to us in order to save us from ourselves, in order to overcome the power of death and darkness? To give us hope. There's more than this life. Which means right now there's more to this life. Is that true? What we believe matters. Through this sermon series here, we're going to be reciting the Apostles' Creed. It's fundamental truths, foundational truths that have brought God's people together for nearly 2,000 years. In addition to walking through scriptures, unpacking, where do we see these truths and their significance for our daily lives. Today's, I'm going to be walking through, as we go through the, we're not going to be going through the creed today. Today's an introduction. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to be walking through the passage in John chapter 20 through that. So I'm going to read through John 20 here real quick. And then 
We'll read through the Apostles' Creed together here. John 20, verses 30 and 31 says this. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Would you join me in the reading of the Apostles' Creed? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would guide this time together as we walk through the significance of believing. But not just believing. What, what we believe matters. Jesus, you are the truth. The truth come to us. And we pray, Holy Spirit, you would open our hearts and our minds to see you and not just acknowledge what is true, but God, help us that we might believe and have life. I pray for you, Spirit, to fill me as I have felt exceptionally weak. Fill me with your strength and power to be your broken vessel communicate your truth and point to you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. The Apostles' Creed. Let me start with a little bit of a background here. As we are as followers of Jesus Christ, we believe God has revealed himself to us through what we call the Bible, the Word of God. The 66 books at least 40 different authors spanning thousands of years. This one book, many different authors, over so much time, it tells one story. One coherent and consistent story. That in and of itself is statistically improbable. Within this story are central and critical truths. You could say there's a summary of this story that we could boil it down so we can remember it. We do that with our kiddos, right? When we tell family stories, we don't give all the details. We leave some of the negative ones out, you know, to bring, make us maybe as parents feel a little bit more brighter, stronger, bigger. Maybe we got to tell that fish story just a little bit bigger each time. We don't leave all the details. We want it to be memorable. When we want something memorable, we condense it. We summarize it, right? In order for believers, followers of Jesus Christ, in order for them to share the story, the good news, the gospel story of God's God, his story with us, they summarized it 
into something that would be memorable, easy to communicate and share with others so that we'd be equipped to know, okay, what are the essentials that people need to hear? Because it's not just a good story to remember. It's not just uh, uh, something to inspire and bring warm fuzzies and good vibes. This is a story that changes us, a story that changed history. The content matters. In the first and second centuries, early on in the church, the disciples began to communicate and work together and and concisely narrowing down, how can we tell this story in a simple way that anybody can remember it and anybody can retell it so the good news can spread? That's where the Apostles' Creed began. There's a lot of different uh, thoughts in terms of, 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 of how it may have come from the Apostles. What we, what we do know for sure is that it captures the truths that the Apostles, who were the, the disciples, those who spent time with Jesus, their eyewitnesses, these are the truths that they taught. For those of you who are kind of historical nerds, The first time we see the publishing of this creed, the the Apostles' Creed, was in the Council of Milan in 390 AD. The significance of this creed, the Apostles' Creed, was not just in, in the ability to communicate and share the good news with others, but it also served as a, a, a form of unifying God's church through the past 2,000 years, a source of unity across time, across denominations, because we would splinter into different groups and and different geographical regions. Uh, In Africa, they recite the Apostles' Creed. In Asia, in Europe, North America, Central America, South America, this creed is foundational, fundamental, transcends, and unifies, brings us together. R.C. Sproul says this about the Apostles' Creed. There's one confession, the Apostles' Creed, which has endured time and battles over belief more successfully than any other. If the church is to be the church, with members renewed in mind and growing in spiritual maturity, the content of this statement of faith remains crucial because as Christians, we believe. It's not just as Christians that we believe. As human beings, we believe. What we believe determines our very lives. When you think about when you get angry, it's because something you believe has been violated or, or, or betrayed or crossed. A boundary's been crossed. When you get angry, what you believe leads to impacting how do we feel. It leads to our actions. Our emotions, whether it's sadness, grief, joy, and happiness, these derive, these come from, these are the the consequences that come out of something we believe. The capacity for resilience and, and hope and suffering and, 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 and joy in the midst of pain and sorrow. This is the consequence of there's something deep 
that a person believes? How can a Brian Lund, who's been in suffering and hospitalized for, for four months, continue to say, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And I want, I want the brothers and sisters at Grace Community Church to know God is good. How can, how can that happen? Because there's something he believes that's beyond his experience, that frames his experience even. Beyond his emotions. Our, our beliefs matter. We all believe, but we don't always believe what is true. Examine your life. What you believe is shaped by so many different things. It's shaped by your family experience growing up, right? It's shaped by your own personality, your own wiring. It's, it's shaped by how you've been treated by others. It's shaped by your culture in which you have been born into and grown up in. Shaped by your geography. What we believe, we all believe, but what we believe isn't always what is true. We are limited human beings. And, and we're not just limited. We can't know all things. We can't be everywhere. We're also broken, right? In fact, how we see things is distorted. Even bent by our own selfishness. What we believe isn't always true. The, the creed exists because we need truth. What we believe matters. As Jesus said, you will know the truth. And when you know the truth, it will set you free. When you believe what is true, there's, there's power and resilience. It's, it's something that takes over us, that we give authority in our lives. If we believe, the only person I can trust is me. The only person who really knows what's going on is me. The only person I can rely on is me. Then that forms and shapes our relationships. We don't trust others. We're not going to engage in, in, in vulnerability. We're, we're not going to let other people in. We're, we're not going to reach out when we need help. We're going to be preserving resources for ourselves. We're not going to think about giving to others or sharing with others unless it benefits me. We all believe. The question is, what do we believe? And the creeds that we form in this life, and it's not just something that Christians have done. Creeds have been formed throughout history by various different cultures and people groups and religions and societies. They're meant to shape us and form us. Creeds are important because we want and we need to know the truth because it's powerful what we believe. R.C. Sproul and J.R. Packer said these things about believing. To be a Christian is to be one who believes. The content of that faith is at once radical and liberating. It's the truth that sets us free. 
Packer says, Christian faith only begins when we attend to God's self-disclosure in Christ and in Scripture. The source of this content, what we believe, matters. Steve Turner shared a, a humorous creed that describes our culture. He calls it the creedless creed because in our culture today, and particularly in America, there is a certain degree of what we believe. It ultimately doesn't matter. You believe what you want to believe. Your personal truth is what's priority and what trumps all. The creedless creed, according to Steve Turner, we believe in in Marx, Freud, and Darwin. We believe everything is okay as long as you don't hurt anyone. To the best of your definition of hurt, and to the best of your knowledge, we believe everything's getting better, despite evidence to the contrary. The evidence must be investigated. You can prove anything with evidence. We believe that all religions are basically the same. They all believe in love and goodness. They only differ on matters of creation, sin, heaven, hell, God, and salvation. We believe that man is essentially good. It's only his behavior that lets him down. This is the fault of society. Society is the fault of conditions. Conditions are the fault of society. We believe that each man must find the truth that is right for him. We believe there is no absolute truth. Except the truth that there is no absolute truth. We believe in the rejection of creeds and the flowering of individual thought. You see a few ironies in there. You see a, few, a little bit of circular thinking that is a, a, a logical fallacy, if you will. But that's real. That's part of the culture where in which we live. Create your own truth. You create your own creed. You be the, the, the commander and author of your own destiny. Truth doesn't matter. But as we're finding, there's another religion, especially in our culture here today, there's another religion, and, and it was an interesting creed that I found has become recently popularized even by church, a church in our own state here in the Twin Cities. There's another religion that called inclusivity. It's not merely a, 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 a value or an idea, but it is, this, this is a, 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 an ideology, a religion of worship, and it's well-defined. And in fact, it has its own creed called the Sparkle Creed. Check this out. I believe in the non-binary God whose pronouns are plural. I believe in Jesus Christ, their child, who wore a fabulous tunic and had two dads and saw everyone as a sibling child of God. I believe in the rainbow spirit who shatters our image of one white light and refracts it into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity. I believe in the church of everyday saints as numerous, creative, and as resilient as patches on the AIDS quilt whose feet are grounded in mud and whose eyes gaze at the stars in wonder. I believe in the calling to each of us that love is love is love. So beloved, let us love. I believe, glorious God, help my unbelief. Amen. The Apostles' Creed exists to define and defend against things that are not true. Every society, culture, and space and time 
is always, we're always trying to find and make meaning live, exist. What do we exist for? How do we live? What meaning and purpose do we have? We were made to make meaning. This, I believe, is evidence of us being made by a maker. We're created in the image of a creator. But our bent as human beings is to make and create this truth and to be God's ourselves. There is either truth or there is not. And we know by experience, we know by reality that there is history in and of itself. The very fact that you touch the person next to you, these things, they're true. We are limited, but that doesn't mean that absolute truth doesn't exist. I could join R. Kelly singing the song and jump off a building. I believe I can fly. But there's a law called gravity. And regardless of whether I believe it's true or not, I'm not going to fly. Truth is true whether I believe it or not. John said, getting back to our passage, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you have life in his name. We're not merely sent out here to make the most out of our experience and, 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 and find whatever we can believe to, that, that, that makes us feel good about ourselves. It, not like, we're not like Nietzsche in, in the sense that, that we are psychologically weak and therefore we created God in order to give us a therapeutic means by which to cope with life. We have a historical person of Jesus Christ. We have eyewitnesses. And John is saying there's facts. This isn't blind, blind faith. This isn't intellectual suicide where, where you just jump off a cliff. No, he's saying there's facts here. I'm an eyewitness. And many others were eyewitnesses. And here's the evidence. I, we've, we've given it to you. And, and it's not miracles done by this man. This man himself claimed to be God, the son of God, Either he's, he's a liar, he's crazy, or maybe he's actually who he says he is. John is saying, I've given you these things. I, I've written down the facts so that you may believe. Because what we believe has consequences. And when you believe that Jesus is your God, your creator, come to you to die in your place, to change you, to change this world, to change your history, to change your future, to give you hope beyond death, that there is meaning in life. When you believe, when you believe Jesus is God, your savior, you will have life. That's what John is saying. What you believe matters. So what do you believe? Do you know what you believe in your life? 
Believing isn't just an intellectual agreeing with facts. And I can say, okay, John, <clears throat> I agree that Jesus was a historical man, and I agree with you. And oftentimes we, 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 we stop there in, 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 in thinking that belief is merely just agreeing with the facts. I can agree that gravity exists. I can agree that if I exercise and I diet, you know, I eat a certain way, not during Christmas, but other times of the year, when there's no cookies or candy or goodies, whenever those aren't, I can agree that, that, that that's healthy and, and, I'll, and, my, and it's good for my body. But if I actually believe that's true and that I need that, then I will actually go to the gym and my wife won't have to hound me with my dietary issues, reminding me of my needs for self-control or secretly restricting my what's available in the home so I don't have the treats, if you will. If I believe that, that, that what I eat matters and what I and exercise matters, then I'm going to actually do something about it, right? Your behavior is the evidence of what you actually believe. James says this. Yeah, uh, uh, this is the brother of Jesus, which is pretty amazing. That if, if, if your brother believes that you're God, that's, there's, there's got to be some good evidence there, Pitt. I'm just saying, like, my brother knows all about me, and, and let me, I, he, anyways, okay, we're just going to stay. So, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works? Can such faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothes or lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, stay warm, and be well fed, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith, if it does not have works, is dead by itself. Now someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I will show you Faith by my works. You believe that God is one. Good. Even the demons believe and they shudder. R.C. Sproul. I'm going to skip ahead a couple quotes there and go to the next one. R.C. Sproul says this. To give intellectual assent, to just agree with the facts of the things of God only elevates a person from the status of pagan to the level of demon. Do you, do you, did you hear that? To agree with the facts merely only elevates us from the status of pagan to the level of demon because even the demons believe God. They, 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 they know that he exists, but Satan and the demons are opposed to God. They're not obedient to him. They're not surrendered to him and his authority. It advances the soul not a centimeter into the kingdom of God. Satan assents to the facts, but does not possess saving faith. The New Testament teaches that the individual must act upon the content. You know that one more over. For faith to be real, I must apply my faith to my personal situation. The Bible welds my acts of obedience to the content of my confession. 
I've got a little illustration that I want to share with you all here today. I have got a willing victim, I mean participant, um, named Daniel. Daniel, you want to come on down here? Daniel's going to help me. Thank you, Daniel. I approached Daniel while during worship practice, and I asked him, do you trust me? And, uh, you know, even with that sketchy, suspect, sus kind of question, he, uh, he still said, yes, I think so. I don't think that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we haven't known each other but for, you know, a couple months. I'm sure, you know, I'm a pastor. Does, it, does that give me any cred or anything? I don't know. Well, he's up here, all right? So, so Daniel's going to illustrate belief. What does it mean to believe? Faith. I'm going to blindfold Daniel here, okay? And, and close your eyes, and that's, uh, that's going to be a real fear. Um, yeah, because if you fall down the stairs up front, Daniel and, and uh, Zach are going to have to catch you, you know? All right, can you see anything? No, I Okay, you can't see anything. Fantastic. That's great. Because that's a lot like where we are in life. You know, we can't see everything, right? We have to trust the Lord that uh, because we don't have all the facts and we don't uh, have all the information. And especially when we're in a fog and and suffering and and struggling in life and things are dark, we can't see, right? And and then you add to that, like, we get disoriented and we get dizzy and, you know, we're we're like, our, our, our perception is affected by our own brokenness. How are you, you doing? I'm good. Okay. Yeah. So in terms of trust, Daniel, do you trust me? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a lot like us, right? With God. Yeah, like, uh, I think so. I think so. So Daniel, I want you to turn to the left a little bit. There you go. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. Way, way to go. I want you to take two steps forward, Daniel. All right, Daniel, I want you to take two more steps forward. How are we doing, Daniel? you still trust me? All right, Daniel, I want you to take four steps backward. All right, Daniel, you're doing great. How are we doing? you still trust me? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. When we step out in faith and we find that God is uh, trustworthy, it helps, doesn't it? But we don't know that unless we step out in faith to find that he's trustworthy, to believe. Daniel, I want you to turn to the left just a little bit. Okay. I want you to take a step backwards, Dan. All right, Daniel. I'm going to ask you to trust me in a big way right now. Okay. okay. Can you hear my voice, Daniel? Yes, I can yeah. hear your voice. Daniel, I want you to fall backwards. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm right here, Daniel. I'm right here. I know you are. <laughs> I'm right here. All right. I want you to fall backwards. Like, actually fall? Just fall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I want you to... <laughs> yep, yep, you can take it off. Daniel, well done. Didn't he do a great job? How many of you could feel for Daniel up there? And you know, in life, we don't see how God's orchestrating things and moving and working and seeing that God's putting people in place at the right time, at the right space. And he's moving us. We can't see and it's hard. And sometimes we end up going through pain. We don't know all of what God is doing 
But the question is, will we believe? Belief is this trust. This trust, we're going to fall on him. This trust beyond our feelings, beyond, we can't, it's the suspending and recognizing, I can't trust myself. And it's scary. When you look at your life, because our actions, our behavior is evidence of what we believe. When you look at your life, I just want you to take a moment. To reflect. What do you believe? When you look at your relationship with your family, with your brothers or sisters or your parents or your kids, your spouse, what do your actions indicate? What do your behaviors indicate? What do you believe? When you see others in need, Others who have needs around you. What do your behaviors, what do your actions indicate? When you have gone through suffering and times of uncertainty, and what do your actions indicate? What do you believe? What do your behaviors show you? When you fail, when you have sinned, when you have made poor decisions, and we do it all the time, every day, what's your response to your failure, to your sin, to your brokenness when you see it? What's your response? It shows you what you believe. How do your actions indicate and show you that you believe that God is your father and he's a good father. How about, how do your actions indicate to you that Jesus is your Lord, that he's forgiven you and he loves you? He died in your place. He's taken all your sin. He paid it all. Do you believe that? Do you believe you were forgiven? Do you believe that Jesus rose from the grave and he's coming back? How does your life reveal that? Do you believe that there is life everlasting? John is saying, Jesus, God himself has come to you and me. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. God sent his very own son and he conquered death. He took hell in your place. He's not only offering to change you but change the future completely there's hope everlasting life there's life 
to the fullest. It's coming. But that also means he wants to give you life now in the hell that you're facing. You see, when we believe it, he's saying, John is saying, I will give you life. What we believe matters, friends. Me asking these questions about what you actually believe isn't to shame you, but to expose where we are standing in order to replace it with the rock, with Jesus, with the truth. Because what we believe matters, friends. It's not empty inspiration and hope. It's not a Hallmark film that we're watching. Thank God. What we believe matters. It changes us. It changes everything. Let us believe on Jesus. Amen. Let the worship team come on down. Let's pray. Father, this morning where you've exposed, Lord, our frailty and our vulnerabilities, Lord God. I love that word from Hosea, Lord Jesus, that you do this. You, you wound us in order to heal us. You, 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 you correct us in order to direct us. Lord, may we, as we are frail, like Daniel, Lord God, and, 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 and Lord God, we, we struggle to trust. We think we trust. But, but Lord God, let us help us Help our unbelief that we go beyond our feelings. We go beyond our trust in ourselves. We want to lay that down today. Where the pain in our lives, the way the others have treated us, Lord, there's the, 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 the society around our experience, beyond our emotions, beyond ourselves, Jesus, help us to take your hand and to step forward into you and to find you are safe. You are good. You are trustworthy. You are faithful. But we will only know when we believe, when we act in faith. Lord Jesus, as we go forward today, Lord, I just pray, Spirit, there are specific things that you want to point out in each of our lives that you're saying, trust me, I'm a good father. Your maker. Trust me, I'm your Lord I've gone through hell for you already and I'm in the hell with you. Trust me, I will lead you. We will go through the valley of the shadow of death. I won't leave you. Jesus, would you make clear the areas and ways in our lives that you are inviting us out of darkness into light. Out of death into life by trusting and believing you. In your name we pray.